0: Everything you've done in your life will always culminate into what you're doing today. What's shaking? This is Rick Jordan back on the All In Podcast, and I've got an amazing guest today. Why is he amazing? Because you know him. It's Nick Hyder. What's up, man?
1: What's happening, baby? How are you? It's good to be back.
0: It's good to see you again. You know, uh, last last time I was going through with my team and I was like, you know what, because the first episode, but we're recording this one right now. I don't know if the first episode published yet. And I was like, oh, no. It's like, where do we leave things? And I started having like this mental battle in my head. And I'm like, oh, we got so much into your personal story last time. And we didn't really talk about business. So too, too much. So today I threw on a jacket for you. So I Look a little bit more business-like, right? And I like the vest you got going on too. So we're ready to get down to business today. Let's do it. Yeah, right on, And man. I got a. This actually leads into like a question that I have for you too, because you have a you have a phrase, right? And I'm assuming it has to do with business and probably little motivation and everything too. But every day is game day. What's that
1: about? Every day is game day. Well, um, people. Uh, well, I put you this way: when uh, the last time that we reinvented ourselves. Um, I think we did it the right way. Uh, when I first got out of professional sports, I think it took me a while to, well, I, I wore the same clothes I did as a professional athlete when I was done being professional athlete, being a professional athlete. So people looked at me the same. And uh, I, I knew right then I was having trouble getting out of that mindset, getting getting rid of that stigma, so to speak, that I needed to I needed to make a change, and I was going to start with what I saw in the mirror because that's what other people see, right? So, um, I had been accustomed to when the uniform went on, it was game time, right? And in in the real world, if every day's game day. Got to put on the uniform, man. So um, even when we were working from home during quarantine, I did the mess shorts sometimes from the waist down like everybody else did. But I got to put on the uniform. That's how I know it's time to go.
0: <laughs> right on. I think we got a little bit into that before. And it was uh, about, you know, how how you should get up right away in the morning. You should get going and you should do things that are routine like that way. Yeah. You you know that it's time to start the game. You know, it's time to get rolling for the day. And yes. Uh, I'm also curious on this, too, because people can get out of those routines so easy, from what I see. And I've noticed that I've done the same thing, but you talk about business, right? And it, we're, we're, I'm going to try to keep us on track a little bit more about it. We'll see what we can do. I don't know. Who knows where we go? but That's <laughs> like, some fun. I know. I love that, man. We're just free-flowing. I like that. But even with business, too, because you can get out of rhythms in business. And there's things that you establish. And I've seen this with my team. you know, It's where you might see, and we do really, really well. I mean, client satisfaction that leads the industry. And I see sometimes that slips. And it's like, well, what happened? And then immediately my team goes to, oh, we weren't doing our normal routines with this client. The things that we established that said we're going to do every single week, every single month with them, we got out of that mode. And now they start to question, well, what am I paying these people for? Just because Mm -hmm. it's not the same rhythm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Where have you seen that? Because I'm with what you do because I, I mean we can get into del- i want to get into delegating too the 7030 rule but that's yes. actually part of this too because i start to notice that i can get into a habit sometimes i'm better at it now than what i used to be of starting to pull things back for myself Ju- i just had this conversation this morning with one of my team members who's managing some other people and, and i said listen if you're going to it's the 7030 rule you know if they're going to do it right 70% of the time it's time to delegate it but sometimes we like to it, and he's like but i know what if i do it it's just going to get done right you know and that's the right. that's the mentality it's like so we start to pull those things back every time a team member that z- just messes up somebody we manage just messes up when they fall into that three out of ten times they mess up it's like oh well maybe I should just pull it back for myself
1: true that's exactly right um, we like to start with first of all no matter who you are um, life happens right and there's two ways you can say that you know Life happened or life happens. Right. And we like to go for the latter of the two. It's exciting and it's good when life happens. Right. But on that note, um, we do a little thing here with a lot of our, our, our team members. We call it the million dollar month. And it's basically just to spin off the uh, the old. Um, I, I think it was the uh, the Earl Nightingale uh, exercise where you write 10 things on an index card, 10 things that you can do 30 days in a row. Right. And, and what most of the people see when they're going through that is nobody ever really gets to like, they're they're ripping up cards every day to start over because they just didn't do 10 of the simplest things they could have thought of each and every single day. And the reason is, is because life happened, right? So what what they really learn how to do is one, how many things can they get done early before life happens and get it out of the way, right? Prioritize it. Um, And two, it teaches them that maybe the targets they set weren't realistic, on the front end while they're getting going, right? Maybe those 10 little tasks or goals that they had to do. Uh, It's it's probably the most simplest yet profound thing. Like I do it with my 11-year-old son. Um, It's something that I don't think you can learn too early. That was when my wife and I realized that we were the problem, is Hmm. the 16th day, we ripped up another card and it was like, holy cow, it's totally our fault because we can't even do this.
0: Yeah, right, man.
1: It just echoes throughout everything else that you do, man. So you are spot on with that, you're exactly right.
0: Where do you see w- with your team? Because I mean, we've all had people work for us now and in the past. Where do you see the things get off track? Because you were like focusing on, hey, it's myself and my wife, right? And I usually mm-hmm. notice that most of the time it's issues with my team when I'm not being consistent myself. Because it, yes. it, it's they'll get off track just because they'll see me getting off track, you know. And but now, I mean, I've got great people too now that will actually put me back in my lane, which is fantastic. And it's a, I've embraced that 70-30 rule so much to where it's like uh, i'm more like a ninety ten now you know which I, right. I, I love that and that's that's kind of the goal i don't I, it's like 70 30 for me is almost failing now because i'm realizing the the bigger you go the the larger you get the the bigger the vision the more you really need to be that ninety ten, versus yeah. like a 70
1: 30 70 30 is almost like a starting point right <laughs> that's it that's it. Yeah, 70 30 is where you start. And then um, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you can always do better, right? Always, no matter what. So, because nobody's undefeated in anything, right? In any right sport on. or in any business. There's no undefeated people on this call, I would say, <laughs> right? I know I'm not. That's for dang sure. So, uh, no, 70 thirty is an unbelievable place to start. And then just you know, for the team, um, if you're the leader, you lead from the front, you lead by example, and they're just basically following your lead when that happens, right? So yeah. um, there's a great way, there's a great lesson there for them for them as well that, you know, um, it's like you said you start at seventy thirty. Well you're getting to to ninety ten because they're learning that your life does shouldn't affect theirs. They're learning that how to deal with their own life when their own life happens and how to get the jobs done, right?
0: Right on. You know, I've noticed first too as a as a leader that I will tend to throw people into the fire maybe a little sooner than what most would. Uh, and a lot of times I might get some pushback and it's, it's just, hey, just go out and try it, right? When you need to come to me, come to me. That's fine. But I expect that you're going to fail. I, I just do. Why? Because I know that I fail, too. I expect that you're going to mess up here and there. You're going to fall flat on your face, and then you're going to come to me and I'm be like, hey, it was your decision to make. That's cool. How'd the decision go for you? <laughs> well, it didn't go so yeah. good. Well, that's great. And they're like, how is it great? And I'm like, because you messed up, because now you're going to learn from it, and it's all good. You know, Almost everything can be fixed, man. Almost everything. Can be, there's, there's some big blunders, of course, and I've made my share of those. But almost everything can be fixed, resolved, almost
1: like rewinding the clock and doing it over again the right way. Right. And in, in, in anything, whether it's in how old you are, or how long you've been in, in the industry or job, the earlier you make the mistakes, it seems like the less impact they have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, a, in a negative way. So you do you want to get them out of the way early. And uh, because that is, you hear all the the quotes and the great sayings about fail forward," or the, you know, you're not. If you fail, you're just that much closer to the, to success. Man, like Dude, I hated that I'm phrase. By a, the way,
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> you said yeah, "fail I, forward." Yeah, I get it. I um,
1: hate that phrase. I, I get it. I, you know, when Will Smith says it, it's way cooler than when I say it <laughs> um, <laughs> he's great at it. But um, you gotta, you know, you gotta take shots. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, you know. It, the greatest hitter and the best hitter in Major League Baseball is going to get out six out of ten times or more. You know what I mean? Literally, that person is going to fail more times than they succeed, and then they're going to get paid a lot of money and a really great trophy to go on the middle that says they were the best that year. Yeah, and that's yeah. such a great, like, life lesson, man um you know it depending on the industry you're in and whatever you do um obviously if you're a surgeon you don't want to fail very often um and and definitely your failures are before you get working on real people those those are not the impact is way less on the beginning right like we talked about earlier but um you got to get in there and you got to take some punches you got to swing you got to make some things happen just to even know where you're at how do you know if you're any good?
0: Right on, right on. That's a, Surgeons are actually one of my favorite analogies to use for college and whether college is even necessary, you know, or what, what happens when you get out of college. You know, it's, um, th- this is more of like a tangent. and I, It's a squirrel that I'll chase. But surgeons, I love because you said it. It's like you, you don't start cutting into people right away. You actually have to like watch some others first and have others teach you. And it's like when you graduate from, college, from medical school as a surgeon, they don't let you into the room right away and just take over like a quadruple. Bypass. That's not the case. You have residency, you follow other people, you still have time to learn after that. And that applies to everything we're talking about, too. But I find this out, too, man, is that even the 70 30 rule, as a leader, you have to allow yourself to fail in that, too, and figure out did I give 70% of the way uh, away too fast, right? And it's not even necessarily for the other person. It was, was I ready to do that? You know, did I have all the processes documented the right way? You know, because if somebody, because it all comes back to you, man, every single time, it always comes back to you. And are you prepared to actually let that go? I think the answer is mostly yes. And for me, I'm an extremely trusting individual. I'll just say, go at it, figure it out. It's all good. I'm here as a resource, whatever. I've done all this before. No problem. Right. Or there's other people. This is the secret, right? I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than me and then they make me look good.
1: That's a big one. Um, my father uh, was in the music business here in Nashville, um, as a childhood, and even, um, as a musician and playing in a band, he, he never really had to struggle for finding work, but he always told me, even as a young kid, he always said, Nick, you know, everybody else in the band's going to, I'm going to be the weakest person in the band. And that's how I know we're going to be good. That's how I know we're going to be really good. Right. So, um, and, and again, it's just, how do you know, um, Perfection is not success. That's definitely not the definition of perfection, right? What's the old? Uh, I guess it was. Was it Steve Jobs that said, uh, "If you waited, uh, if you wait till it's perfect to release it, you waited too long." Um, same thing with scaling, right? How do you really know what what's going to go wrong until yeah. you until you get in there and go with it, right? And you and you figure it out and you and, and you work on it. So, um, yeah, man, it, per, you want it to be perfect and you strive for it, but maybe you strive for excellence instead. That's awesome. I love that. I've got, I'm going to
0: hit you with some questions here. You ready for this? Because there's some things you said last episode. One of them which kind of like blew my mind and I was excited about. Your team started reading my book right? How'd that go mm-hmm. for you? Because I remember explaining that you were just starting in the process a few weeks ago. And I was like, it's almost like a the way I've heard it described as like a house of cards. Like you just can't stop. You have to binge it. And then you feel dirty afterwards and want to take a shower. I've heard it described yeah. it that way. But what, what grabbed you? You know, is there an example that, because I love the topic of ethics and situational ethics, because we're living in that time right now too, with the pandemic yes. and everything, you know, because a lot of things are very, a lot of decisions are very self-serving. What did you feel about that and what did you relate to even in your own life?
1: The, the thing that's stood out the most, honestly, just because even the, the newest agent that we will have they're every day they're adding clients, clients, and and with those clients, there comes a certain amount of service, customer service, um, that, that they need to carry on in a relationship with that person that they're trying to build. So when they start with one, it's really easy. When they get 10, they have to learn to manage their time. When they get to 20, 30 or more, or whatever the number is for them, now it's all of a sudden, I gotta block out a certain number of time during that day just for that. So it doesn't take away from putting more people into my funnel, um, into my sales funnel or, or, or any any other parts of their business, their promotion and advertising. So they, maybe I kind of fed them a little bit of the 70, uh, thir- a little bit of the 70, 30 rule. We've been talking about that a whole lot because the, quite frankly, the, the most successful people that I'm around manage their time the best. Yeah, um, yeah. For, that's that's the one thing that they all do well, no matter what it is they that they do is they manage their time. And they've been really getting a lot just from studying uh, that, that statement, right? That was, uh, and then obviously um, the ethics stuff is big. We just focus really big on it. We've been talking about, um, you know, the we obviously using the farmer analogy, you plant the seed and there's so much work and love that goes into that seed before you ever reap the harvest. And man, like there's no instant gratification here, and if uh, if you just if you're not where you want to be your skills are not sharp enough but maybe you just don't care enough about what the what's in it for those other people that you're serving if you really put their needs first if you really go in all 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 in on that all in on on those other people and what they want that's how you're going to get the bigger they win the bigger you're going to win and we've been really just kind of stuck right there not stuck we've been staying there on purpose because it's a great place to be to study you know
0: yeah yeah i hear you my man the other thing you were talking about too was your podcast did you launch that yet
1: we are so literally. It's believe it or not. With all the uh, stuff, it's been hard to get some equipment. Um, yes, in, it's, it has. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's been tough. Um, but no, we've, uh, the AV company was, uh, we were actually met this morning and uh, they're doing a lot of work. We're like really, really close. I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to, it's not going to be perfect when we launch it, but I definitely want to put a good foot forward when we do. We could have already done a few, but um, we, we want to do it right, man. So it'll definitely be before the year is over um, sometime this fourth quarter. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really excited about it.
0: That's cool. Now, it's like everybody and their, even their mom, quite literally, probably are starting a podcast <laughs> this year. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the just like COVID situation. Everyone's sitting at home. It's like, what am I going to do? Okay. I got a webcam. All right. I'm going to start a podcast. Let's rock this. Your goal with this. I know it's beyond that. It's not just to do it, to do it. You know, just because I know you, I feel like I've known you for 10 years now, like I said, but you have a purpose to this, right? What what, I know you do. What is that purpose? What are you looking to do with your show? Because I feel that just to put something out there is not what you want to do.
1: Well, first and foremost, like you, there's a total difference in most podcasts and somebody like yours, right? Yours is a show, okay? Yeah. Like it's it's not podcast is being the definition of podcast. I feel like is getting a little bit run down and almost like it's it's almost like just little guyish to me. If, if that's you know like you got a, a, a great production, uh, you put out a superb product, like it's awesome. Like that's very just to not to copy or anything, but like that's, we're going for that type of quality. But the, the, uh, the purpose of the podcast is um, one, I love talking to people, I love learning about folks. There's so many amazing people. Um, like I might not have uh, been able to connect with you if not through a platform like this. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for tons and tons of connections that way. Um, and then like, there are so many amazing uh, small business owners, people that are like parents that got like multiple kids in D1 schools and private schools, traveling all over the country in sports and academia. And these And these people are running multiple businesses at the same time and nobody knows who these people are. Um, those stories, in my mind, are like, that's what this world needs more of, is that. There's people winning out there like crazy. And I it, if you just look on the mainstream, they're hard to find.
0: For sure they are, right on. And it's hard to dig them up, too. I know my team has trouble trying to find some of those niche-like stories, right? Unless something makes the the yeah. national news or whatever it is. And then they're easy to find. I mean, that's great. We have them yeah. on. It's awesome. And those are the true heroes, though, man, in our country. And I... I'm really grateful for small business in America. And there's a stat too that saddened me when I spoke at Harvard a couple of years ago was that the average small business owner takes home only $59,000 a year. Yeah, and yeah. that's something that just kills me because I mean, you're, uh, the name of your show, can I say the name of your show from what you talked about last time? Is it still the same? Yes, please go you're ahead. Hit streak. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. I, I love that name too, because it's, it's coming. So first everyone follow Nick, right? Just, uh, To know when it's going to be released and it's going to be an awesome show because if you're in that boat or you even if you're thinking about starting a business at this point because i mean just look you saw the news this week right with disney laying off twenty-eight thousand employees you know and now we're just starting we thought the economy was bad already and yeah some jobs have been added back you know the paycheck protection program helped us out a lot in order to keep people on board but now i think a lot of that steam a lot of of that uh, support system is running out, and businesses, especially larger corporations, I mean, they don't, and I'll never understand that. You're going to get me on a a soapbox here in a second. I don't know, because this is where my brain Brain. goes. Large corporations, right? Everyone's like, oh, the tax breaks and everything else. Well, I think what's forgotten a lot about the large corporations is that they still provide jobs. They still give jobs to to middle class America for the most part, you know, to actually put food on their table, to pay their mortgage. You know, so if a large corporation fails, that's great. Everyone's like, boo to the corporations. But if that large corporation fails, it's like 100,000 people are out of a job overnight. That's terrible. And here's Disney laying off 28,000 people, right? So when you've got small businesses that are the real heroes that just keep chugging along, that really say, you know what? Because this is putting food on my table, too. They get that concept. They're going to keep going. And like you said, there's some out there that are crushing it, and that's the people I want to hear from, man. That's the lifeblood of this country.
1: Yes. Um, There is so much opportunity through, through any situation. We all have Basically, access to the same stuff online. Oh
0: yeah,
1: and um, you know, we were again just like most people were when when you first got quarantined the first uh, the first week or two. You kind of like just filling things out, but like after about honestly, it was probably after four or five days. My wife and I were looking at each other, and it was just like, man, I miss my friends. I miss yeah. my family. I miss yeah. my community we're not talking to them where we used to talk to them. So we got to recruit, we got to go to a new platform and, and just replace the conversations. And what it turns out is most people were just sitting at home stagnant and waiting, which meant everything that we did had 10 X, the results that it used to have, yeah, yeah. it was that much more that much more effective, right? So, um, I mean, goodness, e-commerce was through the roof, and it's like, what can we have some fun with that? Social media and just um, getting into getting into video, and and just like just one good statement, putting one good thing out there that used to not many people would get, it wouldn't get a lot of traction on it. Now yeah. it's getting shared 200 times. All because you said something positive. Because nothing else they saw was positive today.
0: Yeah, right, for sure. <laughs> I hear you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking a lot about entrepreneurship. Is this true? Do you have a metaphor? This is on my questions here. Do you have a favorite metaphor for describing entrepreneurship?
1: Oh, gosh, there's no telling. It could be one of many. Uh, what, what does it say? i I don't know. <laughs> it just says,
0: what's your favorite metaphor for describing entrepreneurship? Like, like you have, um, i like, I want to hear this. Is it like entrepreneurship's well, like a bear or something? It's warm and fuzzy sometimes, but
1: other times it could kill you? I don't, I don't know. No, that's I just good. made that one up right good. now. <laughs> like it's that? a lot like a Sour Patch kid, I guess, although that's I've never said that before. Um, out loud, on, entrepreneur is, um, for me, entrepreneur just means that, you are, you want to be control, in control of your time and your money. Yeah. Right. And, and what you do with it. And, um, and, and you're just a, a really good entrepreneur for me that one, they can do multiple things at, at one time with the, without losing quality. I think that's, um, yeah, something yeah. that's very important, but more importantly, you just have a lot of people in your charge that you take care of, um, that, uh, that Bingo. you actually leave. Right. Bingo. That's yeah. what
0: keeps me going, man. That's, uh, that's really it. And I, I mean, I, I get just, I well up inside when I think about that because that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I think of the like yes. those 28,000 employees getting laid off. It's, it's like, cool. Where can they plug into small business now? In America. What small businesses, because small businesses are hiring, right? There's some that are failing and not doing so well, especially in the hospitality industry, but there's a lot of small businesses that are starting to grow and starting to double down, you know, and that is one of the differences I see between corporations and small businesses, you know, because our mindsets as entrepreneurs is, what are you talking about? You know, I don't know how to slow down. First off, I know how to double down. I don't know how to slow down. You know, so if something bad happens, that just means that I need to just press forward even harder, you know, whereas a corporation might be, you know what, I'm going to save here, I'm going to save there, I'm going to chop over in that direction. It's like for us, it's like, cool, what else can we add? What new product can we bring to market right now? Because people need something. I don't know what it is that they need, but people need something. Who else can I hire to get this done?
1: Unless it's your diet, how can you take away from something um, to grow it? Like, how does that work? Like, that's never made sense to me to, I get why you gotta make cuts from time to time and things like that, but if your business is not in it to always be growing, then what are we doing? Like, what's the what's its purpose? If it's not gonna do that, then it's eventually just gonna peter out and, until it's done, right? So, um, yeah, I've never understood. I get why Disney had to do what they do. Um, it, I'd love to talk to all 28,000 of those people and see if I could help them out and maybe offer (laughs) them a spot, right? Because I think that sucks. It's terrible. They didn't do anything. Um, They want to go to work, right? And they just need a place. They just need an outlet where they can do that. Um, You know, so... When when I mean, I, gosh, I've I interviewed probably twelve people today, just today already, um, because we're going to grow. Um, we're, you know, we're we're expanding territories, we're adding states, um, uh, or, or states to our, our, our uh, license, um, our, our where where we can produce. Gosh, that took a minute to come out, but um, yeah, dude, we're growing like crazy. We're we're extremely blessed, and I'm excited.
0: That's awesome, man. That's really good to hear, and that's that's an entrepreneur. Like I said, we're doubling down in this time, and we still are, and I love that. But I, I, we don't even need a pandemic to do that. Ha <laughs> That's the other difference, right, because corporations will see an, oppor- sees an opportunity when they almost like kind of like when they think it up, right? And it's like, hey, this looks like something to do because we have to please shareholders. And I get that. I totally understand that. But, Lord, I mean, as I go public here with my cybersecurity company, I hope to God I never lose that, because that whole thing of just keeping on pushing forward and driving it home for the people that are working mm-hmm. for it, because no matter what, yes, corporate that corporate effect is going to happen. In some way or another in some areas, but still, how do we make big corporates small, right? How do we make sure that everyone feels valued? Because that's what really builds up small business in America, man, is everyone feels like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And once we lose that, I mean, once we lose that, shoot, we start rioting. Oops, too soon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Too <laughs> soon, yeah. Well, you know, there are there are big corporations that can do it, right? Some of them yeah. do it and they do it well. They do it really, really well. And And uh, the ones that don't, usually those are just um, the ones that aren't doing it anymore. They're usually in their second or third generation. Of CEO or ownership or whatever, you know, you always lose that um, that quality that the founders had in the beginning, right? That's I yeah. think what you're what you're talking about is just when you founded whatever it was when it started, it had a very specific mission. It had there was there was a strategy um, that was that that pushed that mission, and I think that, that over time that mission just can get diluted. The more people you bring in, and, and the more things you do, and the more you try to diversify and all those things, I think that's where you lose it. But some companies do a great job. Um, I, the the CEO of of of, uh, US Health that uh, is who we represent with our insurance is probably one of the most, um, he's had a huge impact on my life. One of the most humble, amazing people the first time I met him um, before we'd even made a real dent in this industry, he knew my name, he knew my wife's name, he knew my kid's name. Oh wow he knew everything he knew everything about us. It was crazy. It just totally blew my mind and I'll never ever ever forget it. Um, and I've always wanted to replicate that um, myself and just he asked me how my family is every time I see him and he actually cares. That's you know, awesome. It's you, you answered the
0: question before I even asked it. I was going to ask you, what's a corporation that you look up to that's actually doing really well as far as culture and everything else? Yes. Mine, at least I, I think they're still doing well now, but one I've looked up to for the longest time has been T-Mobile. And then John Ledger as the CEO because he really made every single employee, you know, all thirty thousand of them, whoever there was, really feel like they were part of a mission, going after something together, and that was amazing. I mean, the guy would cook in a crock pot, right, to get everybody (laughs) behind him. He was the slow cooker Sunday guy, you know, just to make Mm -hmm. sure everybody. And I I had a chance to hang out with him once too, and his executive director was amazing. People, you know, just talking to him, and and they really had focus on. when I, was, I can't remember his name, his number one guy, but he was like, it's amazing, Rick, because we went into the stores and we started talking to the people that were right there on the front lines. And wouldn't you know, they actually have really good ideas. <laughs> and that was it's like, what a concept, you know, and, yeah. and it's almost like compare it to government, man. Right. It's like all, everyone at the top. You know, in corporations, big government, whatever, think up these things without even asking everybody else who's actually going to be affected by them. Like, what do you – but t Mobile's like – we went back to all of our people and just said, how do you feel about this? What do you think we should do? Like, some of them
1: have good ideas, really good ideas. It's, a, it's amazing, like – how just a simple concept like that can get wasted um, on, on on so many on so many companies? People, no, I agree with you. Um, really, he since he became like really front and center in the, just the last few years, um, it's just it, when you can sit there and smile because you like their commercial on TV, it means something, right? He's got a he's got a great message. Um, you if you feel like you're a part of the company's culture even when you're not, and uh, it is they 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 do a great job. They do a great job with that. You're spot on. Um, you're spot on with talking about them. It, it's fantastic. That's awesome, my man. Where do you see the rest of your
0: year going this year? Because you said you're growing. It's uh, you know, you're adding states in this thing, with your with your to your license that you have right now, so you can produce in other states. Is is the insurance industry really that huge of an opportunity right now?
1: It re- it really is. Um, the the biggest reason. Well, first of all. Um, medical, uh, medical related bills are, are in the top five of bankruptcy, um, or top five reasons for bankruptcy year over year over year. And like just with the, um, up until 2014, before the affordable care act became a law, most people kind of had a grasp. The insurance industry hadn't changed a whole lot, a whole heck of a lot prior to that. This is not a, a factual statistic or anything, but we are always told that like 50 years worth of changes happened overnight from December 31st, 2013, to January 1, when the law went into effect, yeah. right? So when that happened, it's just most people just don't know what it is that they, what's actually important, you know? They, they don't know that when they take their kids on vacation that maybe they had a policy, health insurance policy enforced that had a small network that they actually left the policy at home when they travel. Um, and they actually need to purchase additional insurance. just a lot of little stuff like that, that, I got to a certain point with my business when it was no longer good for me to do my taxes anymore. I needed to, I needed to have a CFO or an accountant or a CPA that knows what they do and make sure I'm in the right place for my, for my family and my company. That's really what we provide is just the expertise and, 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 and knowing the, and, and, and helping out with the unknown. And, um, you know, there's gosh, 340 or 50 million Americans out there. Um, our our uh, our market is basically who we help the most is um, eighteen to sixty four years of age, small businesses, fifty nine employees or less, and we cover thirty one states right now actively. So that's awesome. Um, if, if I cut my market in half like seven times, I'm still left with like two and a half million people. We need to grow.
0: Yeah, yeah. How, here's a question I did ask you last time. How did you get? What was that transition between professional ball player to insurance producer? How, how did that? I mean, how did yeah. you end up in this industry specifically, man?
1: Yeah, um, I was interviewing somebody earlier today and they asked me a very similar question. I said, here's the one thing I do know. I, I could go to every, um, and I may have said this before, um, I could go to every career day in, in every elementary school across the world and not one kid's going to stand up real proud and say, I'm going into health insurance. Yeah, when I yeah, grow for sure. up. That's why I, I'm trying um, to catch this, but, right? Because I, I know your personal story, <laughs> right? But with, the, with
0: ball playing, yeah. that's what we talked about last time. It's like, where's the bridge? Where's the bridge there? Yeah.
1: <laughs> So long story short, um, I uh, I retired on my own terms. I had my off season job was at uh, Na- Nashville had a really happening nightclub, and uh, I had a di- I did different things within that club every off season. When I came back one year, they may needed help with this as a security guard. The next year it may have been we need a bartender, whatever it may be. That's actually where I met my wife. Um, I met her, she w- she also worked there as well. Over the course of my playing career, I had just learned a lot about that industry. We started a marketing company that did really well. We bought our first bar with that marketing company. We actually opened five over the next four years. And um, as far as the businesses were concerned, the businesses did great. They were, uh, they were very successful. Um, I was just young. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to pay myself. We made a lot of mistakes, I made a lot of mistakes as far as just how to take care of myself that way. And that provided some stress um, on my wife and I, on top of the stress that when you do most of your revenue after 9 p.m., that caused it, when you're trying to raise a family, that creates some hurdles, right? So long story short, um, about five years in, my wife and I liquidated, we sold everything, all of our equity and the bars and such. And uh, we actually lost Everything that we had just made in a in a bad real estate deal didn't know what I was doing again. Um, learned a lot, and uh, when we were at rock bottom, I just happened to meet somebody that said, "You need to talk to a guy who was a U.S. Health advisor." And um, the U.S. Health was extremely small um, in 2013 when I started. Um, it was a 2010 to 2020. The, the amount of growth that the company had as a, had as a whole was. Um, paramount. I mean, just absolutely huge. And I got in on the front end of that and um, they treated me great. And it was just a place where like I could take everything I had learned and put it in and in, into a new industry and and, and, and catapult me up to the top pretty quick. So it worked really well.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. I know uh, technology was one thing for me to where I sort of just even like fell into it. Sort of the same the same scenario, right? And just found out, hey, I'm really good at this. Uh, why yeah. not just do something with this? And it was at the time to where I was looking. I mean, you probably read the story in my book. I was a police cadet. And then I was uh, involved in actually busting one of the lieutenants for sleeping with two of the underage female cadets. You know, at least bringing it. Yeah, dude, sc- you
1: got to <laughs> tell me about that. Maybe I don't care, but I got to hear about that
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff behind the scenes on that one that it wasn't in the book for sure <laughs> with, the, with most of those stories for, for, for real. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because I'm like, you know, maybe this isn't the thing for me because I saw how it was covered up. You know, and this isn't anything like to support defunding police because I fully believe in support law enforcement uh, the entire way. But there, there's just like any profession, like just like there's a bad plumber who's going to, you know, put in a yeah. $2 part and say he had to overhaul your entire plumbing system for your hot water heater or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a plumber. I'm mm-hmm. starting to talk about things I don't even know about, but yeah, but that's, but that's people, that's human beings, right? And that's the, the, the situational ethics of anything that you run into. But yeah, I, um, it was just interesting, man, with that, it didn't work out for me in law enforcement, but then I sort of just fell into technology, you know, and I was trained on the job, like, man, I'm really, really good at this. And then it just kept snowballing from there, but I never lost the, that protective instinct, you know, just like for you with entertainment, I'm sure there's still some part of you inside of you, it's a, that you actually take from that industry and bring it into what you do every single day today.
1: Yeah, hence wanting to build out a really nice studio. You know, we were odd um, audio visual stuff. The AV world is something that I'm very passionate about and I love. Um, we did a lot of great things in that. We did, um, there, there's still um, b- digital billboards standing today that a previous company of mine built um, less than a decade ago, you know. So um, I love the I love the AV world. I love the tech. I love the production. Um, I love the promotion. Gosh, yeah, the promotion yeah. in that industry is a lot of fun. You learn a ton. And just putting it into a place where. Quite honestly, the majority of the industry doesn't utilize those things. Um, they're real, they're real kind of cut and dry, and, and, and that's probably one of the reasons that you were able to make such a big dent in your industry is because you took bits and pieces from all these other elements that nobody else does. And that's such an important thing to do, you know?
0: Yeah, it's called being multidimensional. You're that way. So am I. You know, it's a, I've I haven't seen even though there's been some bad experiences in my life. I mean, there I wrote a book about all the bad experiences. <laughs> yeah, even though even though there's been those situations in my life, I've still pulled from every single one of them, like you're saying, and applied it to right now. Because it, otherwise, it, it, it's like eliminating part of yourself. And almost like you become kind of schizophrenic in some way if you just try to shut out some experiences that you've had in your life. You know, and I'm right now to whoever's listening, man, we're probably you know, has gone through some depression, you know, maybe even an abusive spouse or something like that. Maybe it's even a woman who's been raped, right? But in, in those scenarios whatever it is yes it's very mentally damaging but in order to pull from that and apply it to what you're doing right now and then positively impact the lives of somebody else i mean who knows maybe you were abused as a kid but now you can speak on a stage in front of a thousand people i'm not saying that but and then you can help those individuals go through those things you know it's uh, i don't mean to get all stinking motivational maybe i do it's part of my core but th- everything you do and that's how you make an impact in business too is what you're saying is be everything you are don't just single yourself down to one dimension just because you feel it doesn't apply anymore everything you've done in your life will always culminate into what you're doing today
1: mm. a- a- amen and you know talking about the the depression and stuff i i'm, I'm not a i'm not licensed in any way to, to 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 talk about this stuff, but I can have an opinion about it. And I haven't seen somebody that, that struggles with that. That's all about they're depressed about something that's going on with within, right? And it's if, if you if you can figure out how to make it more about every for somebody else, you're not usually not you don't get depression because of how you feel about somebody else, right? Or or what you want to do for somebody else. So um you know the you the more you look in you're you're looking into in here like lack for lack of better words just for selfish reasons that's when you get into trouble and when you just make it more just as much as you can about what you can do for for your community and everybody else the more you give that's how you get man if you want to get you gotta give more you have to
0: yeah speaking my language brother i love it so what's f- shaking for you the rest of the year i mean this is quarter four right Yes, You're crush um, it? in our
1: industry, fourth quarter is um, it's it's our our Super Bowl. I have the saying that I have here about what we do is Best Buy sells televisions year-round. They sell a lot of TVs year-round, right? But they sell all the TVs from Thanksgiving to Christmas, right? Yeah, um, that's kind of the way it is. Fourth quarter to here, just because there are privately uh, private health plans that are available year-round, but just because of um, the uh, The government is involved in a certain side of it and the media promotes a lot of what the government says. There's a lot of people out there that think you can only buy during open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare plans, November one through December 15th. Um, So during, uh, like we're already feeling it. Um, September was our biggest month of 2020 by like a lot. October is already off to a monstrous start, November, December. I mean, it's just the chart just does this um, in fourth quarter. It's a very exciting and and, uh, and fun time. And, uh, so fourth quarter for us is. Finish out with the bang. Um, obviously, we're going to get the show launched and uh, a couple other things. We like to we like to renovate over the holidays and then come back in first quarter of uh, 2021, swinging big, baby.
0: That's awesome, man. I love to hear that too because I, I realize that there's a seasonal aspect, you know. Because I was saying this, I'm, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I, I understand open enrollment and the time of the year that is too. And this is when everybody looks at everything because I mean, even my individual health policy that I carry, that's not even through the marketplace, is from January one to December. Thirty-one every single year. Yeah. So now is the time to either look around to, to renew whatever it is. But I know even being individual policy, you can look any time of year, which is pretty yes. great. If it's not serving you the right way that it needs to serve you, if a life event happens or something like that, group policies are different. But man, it's another area of I think our economy that really, really needs some overhaul. Obviously, healthcare in general does. Yeah. But yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that happens soon because it's uh, you said. That, you know, like 50 years worth of stuff happened literally overnight from December 31, 2013 to January 1, 2014. There still needs to be, man, my opinion. I can, I'm i not licensed or anything, but th- this is my opinion. There still needs to be like another 50 years worth of progress in this because too many people, I'm glad we did away with, and this isn't a political statement, it's an opinion. I'm glad we did away with the individual penalty now. That's fantastic, you know, because I mean, yeah. putting pressure on people for something like that, saying, you're going to pay money if you don't pay money. What is that kind of statement?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people. We talk to so many people that just really struggle with that. Just the, the people ask me a lot. You know, what advice would you give anybody? Nick, look, just find uh, find somebody that, that you trust, just like you would with your your finances. Just find somebody that you can trust. There's too many people yeah. um, out there to have to for to try to sell somebody something that they don't need you know, um, to make a dollar. That's not how we got where where we are. Like, so um, there are, um, like, we help tons of people with consults or whatever, and yeah, we don't get yeah. paid for that. That's just something that we enjoy doing. We're happy to do that, and that's why we grew so fast, because those people are our best referral sources. You know, they, bar- they promote our business as good as we do. <laughs> yeah, you uh, provide the value up front, and then they just say, hey, these are the people you need to talk to because you've already proven your worth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the um, the group plans, they are totally different. And a lot of times people mistake those for what's going to be available on the individual market. And remember, you know, those group plans that you have, that literally, that's where the word, I think that's where the word benefits came from. It's a benefit to work there. That's why yeah. it's really, yeah. really good. And the, and usually it's a really, it's a large, large group of people that's contributing to it, which is going to help with the cost, you know? So um, just find somebody you can trust. There's so many options that are available to most people. Just make sure that that person's able to check them all out and explain them to you. Make sure that you can identify clearly what you want. When you to the car dealership, you're not looking at the whole lot. You know what color you're looking into. You know what size, yeah, yeah. you know, certain things about what you want. Just make sure you identify those things on the front end. And then whatever meets those standards, you can go over with your trusted person.
0: I love that. What's the? There's something new for small business too, because I mean, you probably deal a lot with individual policies and group policies, right? And small businesses, yeah. I mean, as part of Obamacare, we'll still call it that, the Affordable Care Act, but it, it's the same thing, whatever. There's a there's a there's a threshold for how many employees, how many full time employees you have before you need to provide, before you're mandated to provide group health insurance. But below that, yeah. it's been this middle ground for a while, and there's a new law that's in place. that just started to where and you. You can probably explain it, I can't remember the letters, You know, it's like P-H-E-S-A or something like that, I don't remember, yes. but it, I know it's where now if an employee of a small business has an individual plan, they pay for this themselves, they can actually have their employer as a benefit, like you're saying, reimburse them up to a certain dollar amount, just put it on their check, pre-tax. So they don't have to pay taxes on that premium payment anymore. I, I, I know I've got the gist of it, but can you expand or just dive, just real yes. quick dive in?
1: So it's a really regulated industry. And I try to leave um, as much of the uh, the legal stuff just because, you know, how it is when you speak yeah. a legal thing. If you leave out one word or whatever, you, you, you're at risk for stuff. But it basically comes down to this um, just for um, a layman's interpretation, so to speak. Um 49 employees or less is that's considered the the small business and such, and there's there's tax codes um, that will allow the the business owner to do similar things as to as to what you said. So again, there's there's lots of options out there, and uh, for and, and depending on how the the company's structured, all I mean there's so many variables that go into that. You just got to have somebody. Look, if you're going to have a business owner, you got a you person that helps you out with your finance, right? Yeah, right You need somebody yeah. that helps you out with that. And, and your HR director is probably not a great person to do that because that person is doing a lot of things. And they're not going to... Like, we deal with a lot of HR directors. And those people... We're, I'm sorry. Educate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to educate them first, you know, they're the gatekeepers before yeah. we can even get to the on what they care about. Um, so, you know, again, it's just find a trusted person. If you're in one of those 30, 31 states that we cover, um, I'll be more than happy to be that person for you. My wife and I absolutely love doing what we do. Um, we always say the worst thing that can happen by talking to us is that if what you've got is the best thing you can get right now, you're going to know that and you're no longer going to wonder what that, what that might look like. So um, you're going to lay that head on that pillow, knowing that you don't have to deal with this right now. And whether that plan, there's still plans out there that don't expire and, 365 days. You know, the plan yeah. that my wife and I have in place, we've had in place for multiple years. Um, and, uh, and, and we love it and we wouldn't even know it exists if we didn't know, uh, what we know, you know? So, um, again, there's just, there's a lot, you just need to talk yeah, to a trusted yeah. person and that person just need, and, and, and that person needs to have a good uh, access to a lot of people that know the answers if they don't. It's okay to not know the answers. COVID-19 did not exist that long ago, right? (laughs) So it's always changing. and, And that's why, because it's always changing, that there's always gonna be a need for Nick.
0: Yeah, yeah, right on. I love that. We're in we're industries, man, that are never gonna go away, both you and I. Cybersecurity yes, and, and insurance, yep. It's, uh, I mean, I, I'm grateful for that. And it's in some ways, you know, cause we're both dealing with ways to protect people against the crap that can hit you in life. Right, whether it comes to health or whether it comes to, I mean, literally money being taken right out of your freaking bank accounts, that's the business that we're in, really, is in protection and guiding through those scenarios in life. While some of it's sort of doom and gloomish, I've always looked at it from the positive light of saying, you know what? I'm here to make sure that you're in the best possible position for when something happens. You know, and even though it's, you know, the insurance industry is like, if something happens, no, it's like when something happens. At some point in your life, you're going to get sick. At some point in your business, you're going to get hacked. You know, it's going to happen. Now, the severity of it, that we can never predict that. But we do know from an insurance perspective for you and a cybersecurity perspective for me, we do know what your risk and exposure will be after it happens. And that's where we help minimize.
1: See, we I love our industries, man. Yeah, it's... It'd be like, you know, the with having with insurance, just having a good network. It'd be like if your house burnt down and the insurance company said, "We can't." I'm sorry, man, we can't do anything for you because the fire happened on a Thursday. Yeah, you know, like. You, you you just got to be covered. Just like if they if they did the same thing with yours and like well we can't we, we can't reimburse you we can't cover that because of the type of platform that they hacked you on. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's got to be an all encompassing thing. You, um, life does happen and, and you can't predict it. And that's why we have these um, these things that we serve is because it's 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 to provide. Um, it, it, you you're, you have certain things that are at risk and you want to protect that risk. You got it. You um, got it. You know what I protect those things that are at risk. I should say. So that, that's and the more you have, the, that's success acceptable to those the more it's got, the more you should spend on it you know what i mean if you got a lot to lose then spend, it, spend what you need to spend on it. You know there what I mean you go. Protect
0: yes. That's one of my struggles sometimes as we push up market As I'm sure it is with you too, you know, cause if you have, if you have a larger family, you're going to need more coverage, right? And depending yeah. on the ages that they are, you're going to need, if you have kids, you're going to need different coverage. Same with me. If you yeah. have higher revenue in business, you're going to need more cybersecurity protection. You don't, yeah. you don't just like flatline and plateau when you pass like $5 million or $10 million. The more you have to protect means the more money you need to spend to protect it
1: it's it's kind of like um like I, a police officer that's a friend of mine told me this one time, you know, you move often in the suburbs to get away from the crime and stuff. He said, Nick, I hate to tell you, man, like you're in a good spot, but like they don't go to the bad parts of town to commit crime, to rob people because they don't yep. have anything to take. They go <laughs> to the places where it is, right? And it's kind of like the um, the same thing with you. The The bigger the business gets, the more eyes that are on you, the more it's a serious crime to try to do something like that. So yeah. they're not gonna go after the rewards. They're gonna go where the reward is. And that's where your clients are at, right? Especially your bigger ones. Same thing. Uh, it's the same thing with us, man. It's, uh, the, I, I hope health insurance, it's almost like people want to use it. I hope you don't have to use it. Right. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to use my homeowners insurance. I don't want to use my car insurance. I hope I don't. I definitely don't want to use my life insurance, Yep.
0: you yep. know, but
1: when, but when it comes to health people, it's almost like they want to use it all the time. And that's not why I buy it. You know, I buy it for the big stuff, not the little stuff.
0: Right on. Same here. The, I, I look at you know covering, uh, well, capping my financial exposure if something really really big happens when it comes to insurance. But man, if I get sick and I just need to go to the doctor, I got a sinus infection, whatever. I need an a Z pack, whatever. I'll pay the fifty bucks to go to the doctor at that point. That's so I don't have to pay five grand a month for the the platinum coverage, whatever it is. If I just need to pay fifty dollars twice a year to see my regular physician.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, track record is big. I, I'm, I'm blessed with, um, with good health. You know, I'm actually, I have, I have a great relationship with, uh, with my own, um, my, my own, uh, personal doctor who, uh, um, he's always telling me I need to come see him more, right? It's a good thing yeah, that I yeah. have good health. You know, I don't go to the dentist's office as I, as often as I should either. Um, yet I pay every single month for coverage on my dental for, just in case something does happen. Yeah. So the biggest thing is just, are your expectations accurate and are they met? You know, and we and we start there. What are you, like the yeah. what? What are you wanting out of this? You spend this money every month. What are you wanting out of it if something happens? And we just make sure that we we manage those expectations.
0: I dig it, my man. Everybody needs to follow you, at Nick Hyder. And Facebook, it's at Nick Hyder Official, right? Yes, sir. That's awesome. All right, there's a lot that's coming from this dude. He's becoming a personal friend of mine, I think so, at least from my direction, too. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, and I'm excited for your podcast that's coming out. So follow Nick, head his way, and get ready for some some amazing things coming out. And uh, you're saying by the beginning of the year, right, for the podcast? Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm I'm behind my target already. I'm not happy about it. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw that out there. I'm 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 not happy that it has that we haven't done or started filming yet. Um, but uh, it's we're we're gonna get it done. Um, we should be shooting by November um, at the latest, and, and starting to roll stuff out. So I'll be I'll be reaching out to you just to make sure you gotta have a certain amount of catalog on the back burner, you know. And, oh uh, yeah, and all for that sure.
0: Yep, you got it, my man. <laughs>
1: it's a whole new space for me and uh i'm really excited to learn about it i just i can't thank you enough for for being on again there's there's a million podcasts and just so few that provide the uh the quality of show that you bring man it's the, yours is not a podcast it's a show bro well, thanks you brother know what i mean and thank you
0: that's awesome. I appreciate that. Well, brother, thanks for being on again. And I'm looking forward to the next time, maybe a third time.
1: All right. <laughs> you just keep putting out those books, man, because yeah. the, uh, the journey you had is amazing. And it's awesome, dude. You're telling a story just like you should. Um, and, uh, and it's great. We're going to always be reading those suckers, man. Thanks, so keep brother. Bringing
0: it. Insider Secrets, Situational Ethics 2.0 is coming next year. There you go. Oh. Now I just let talking. it out. First time I said it. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> publicly. Awesome, cool, my man. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.